from Scotston. This is the Glasgow Warriors official podcast with Jack and Ashy. Hello and welcome back to Warriors Weekly, the official Glasgow Warriors Club podcast. On this week's show, I sit down with supporter and stat man Kevin Miller, who runs the popular Top of the Moon Glasgow Warriors blog and Twitter feed, to look back at our bonus point victory over Leinster and discuss all of the permutations leading up to the Guinness Pro 14 final series. But first, here's what Dave Rennie and Tommy Seymour had to say in their post-game press conferences at the RDS. This is the Glasgow Warriors official podcast. Um, yeah, I don't know we're wraps. Was, um, you know, what we know is that you know, when you play Leinster, you're going to have to defend a hell of a lot. The ability to hang on to the ball, get multi-phases is incredible. And so I really wrapped. I thought we um, defended well uh, through a big chunk of the game and uh, pretty clinical when we got our opportunities. Finishing both halves really well. Yeah, yeah I know we're, we're obviously wrapped. Uh, grab a try right on half-time. Uh, you know, um, short kickoff that Scott Cummings grabbed, and good bit of patience and nice, nice uh, option from Adam to put Tommy in space. So uh, uh, it was pretty important. I think it's 34 points in your last, or your last 35 in the league. Are you pleased with that? That's yeah, I um, I don't need to worry about stats because uh, normally you guys uh, tell us that sort of stuff. But um, oh, look, yeah, it's great. You know, I mean, we're a top of side. We know we can score tries. Um, a big focus for us has been the quality of our defence, and uh, it was a lot better last week against Ulster, and it was better again tonight uh, today. So, um, yeah, like, we're, we're going to keep working on that. But um, yeah, and it's uh, it's a good stat, obviously, 34 to 35. The results last night set up today quite well, and you must be really happy with that. I mean, it sets up next weekend. Yeah, yeah, we were. I wasn't too upset that Munster won last night. I was going to keep it a bit of edge about us. Um, and it's going to be the same going into the Edinburgh game, and they'll be desperate as well. So, um, yeah, like it's, obviously it's all set up for an interesting finish. Potential uh, Glasgow versus an Irish team in Celtic Park would be pretty impressive. Yeah, we're available for that. <laughs> I know we, uh, we we have seven and a half when we're at home. I'm pretty sure we could uh, you know, get 57 and a half if um, if it was uh, us in the final. So, uh, oh, look, yeah, that would be great. But there's, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge uh, before that. Would it be good to have a sole focus at this stage in the season? Um, yeah, yes and no. We um, I'd love to be still in two comps, um, but you know we were poor against Saracens and. Um, learned a few lessons that day, and uh, we've responded really well. I'm <coughs> really wrapped with um, uh, you know the attitude and uh, and uh, you know how hard we've worked, and it's good to see a result on the field the last couple of weeks. Chris Fisaro and Sam Johnson, are they, how are they? Yeah, um, sort of two different injuries. Well, both hammies, but um, Chris just got caught in an uh, awkward position and. And he, he felt something pop, and Sam just tightened up. Um, so it was probably precautionary getting him off. Is Chris worried then next week, do you think? Yeah, he'd be concerned for a fortnight's time, but um, the expectation is we'll get Callum Gibbons back. He, he was pretty close for this week, but we decided to err on the side of caution. It is exciting, though, that 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, there's a lot on it. We uh, we know what's coming. Um, you know, they um, play a certain brand of footy that is um, you know they choke opposition and they get a wall in front of you and they defend really well. Um, so um, yeah, we'll, we'll have a plan around how we can try and expose that. But uh, they got they got plenty to play for. Yeah, I, I, th- I thought they were outstanding last night, Ulster. And, um, yeah, they, they they dealt with the kicking game and then hung onto the ball and asked lots of questions of of Edinburgh and found a lot of space in wide channels. So uh, yeah, we've we've noted it. Tommy, are you happy with that? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm delighted. Yeah, it's been um, it's been a while coming for me. I, I've not um, I've been at the club <coughs> the last time we won, but I myself hasn't haven't managed to to get over the line, if you will, over here myself. So. I'm stoked. I'm stoked for the boys as well. I think, um, as Dad's, Dave said, you know, we had. You, call, you can call me Dad. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> we had some. Flowers going to go down well. Uh, no, look, we had some. We had some disappointment after after Saracens, Saracens, obviously. So, the last two weeks for us have, um, you know, have, you know, created a really good vibe, which I think is important come this end of the season. So, um, coming to a place like, like the RDS, like Leinster, um, and managing to get a win uh, and five points on top of that is. Is uh, is fantastic, and I think that'll do you know wonders for us going forward. Great to see five different try scorers. Yeah, I mean, I'm selfishly, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm wrapped that um, Adam put in such a beautiful ball for me. But no, listen, we were we're ecstatic with the with the five points, and to have different people get on the score sheet's always great. Um, and I thought we scored tries in a, in, a, in a variety of ways as well, which I think is positive as well. You know, it showed that we can. We can manipulate teams and get points in different fashions. So um, the boys did really well, and um, you know it's going to be very happy Boston playing journey home. A word on Adam, like um, what's it like playing with such a creative? Yeah, brilliant. I mean, I, I personally I've been fortunate to play with quite a few guys um, who are who are that way inclined um, over the years at Glasgow, um, and Adam fits into that mold really nicely. And I think he's grown in confidence. And I think importantly for us, going in the tail end, like you said, the last two weeks have been. Great performances for him. He's he's still, and he'd openly admit he still sometimes probably pushes you know the the boundaries a little bit too far and does things maybe that um, he doesn't need to. But um, that's just that's that's part of learning at that age and learning when to when to press forward and when to just be conservative. So um, that being said, I think you know not to bring it back to my tribe, but that's a perfect example of the skill set he has. I mean, there's not many players that can that can see that option, let alone execute it. Um, so it's great being able to have guys in the field that can that can do things like that. It, it really does unlock defences in uh, in very special ways. Is he, is he very like Finn? Also, he's definitely got some. He's definitely got some some Finn in him. I, I would be hesitant to kind of compare or contrast the two of them, to be honest, because I think I think they're both individuals and have um, you know set set themselves apart from each other. Um, but yeah, as I said, Adams he's playing great. He's um, he's constantly learning and uh, wants to improve and. He's a real competitor as well, and, and to have someone like that at ten at this stage of the season, and for us as a team, is is massive. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's he's playing very well. And how exciting would a Pro 14 final in your own backyard be? Yeah, amazing. Obviously, we were <coughs> we were disappointed, you know, a few years back when Murrayfield would have been an opportunity for us to have it even in in Scotland. So to know that it's you know a few miles down the road would you know be even more spectacular for us and for our fans. But as Dave said, there's a lot of rugby left to be played in between now and then, and um, we can't look too far ahead, but certainly if you want to talk about motivating factors for us as a squad, it's, it's got to be right up there.
Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. The official Glasgow Warriors podcast. Kevin Miller has been keeping track of Glasgow Warriors stats for over a decade in his spare time and has since worked with the club to produce the honours board acknowledging every player to pull on a Warriors shirt which can now be found on the main stand concourse at Scotston. His blog and Twitter page are always unearthing gems of information about the club and our players and earlier today I sat down with him. The latest from Scotston, the weekly Glasgow Warriors podcast. So I'm delighted to be joined by Kevin Miller, who's also known by his blog and Twitter handle, Top of the Moon GW, and the blog on Top of the Moon. And Kevin, you do everything Glasgow Warriors stats. If anyone wants any obscure little knowledge, known that you're the person to come to. Yeah, well, I try, I try my best. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's something I've been interested in for, for a lot of years. So I've been trying to collect all you know stats, mainly on Glasgow, you know, try and cover all of you know, Scotland as well, in particular. Occasionally, Edinburgh. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been something that the stats have probably been doing for about four or five years now. So I've got quite a lot of information I can kind of fall back on about the history of the club and you know kind of current stats, historic stats. So you know, just things I find interesting, and hopefully other people do too. And it's just something you did do as a hobby. And how did you? So how did you get started? What was the first? How did you first start writing stuff down? I guess. So I've been on a, a Glasgow Warriors forum for about since about 2006, uh, a fan forum, um, and I just found my posts were possibly getting a bit long for people to, to kind of <laughs> tolerate, so um, a blog seemed like the best way to go to kind of take this, so I kind of discovered ESPN stats around about 2013, mm-hmm. um, with all the kind of match data about tackles, uh, carries, com- you know, completion rates, that kind of thing, um, and I started collating that, because the numbers for a single match maybe were you know, outliers, but if you kind of took that across the whole season, I thought you could build up quite an interesting picture of you know, performance of players. Uh, so basically since then, been collating the match data. Uh, recent years, been trying to collate the historic data for, for Glasgow, particularly around appearances, tries, that kind of thing, just to see, you know, over the 20-odd years of the Glasgow Warriors, you know, who's scored the most tries, who's mm-hmm. had the most appearances, you know, who's been the, the youngest centurion, that kind of thing, just... Um, trying to find out as much information about the club as possible. And what what what's your day job? What do you do day to day? And how do you find time to? Because the amount of stuff you're putting out, it almost seems like that is your full time job. <laughs> uh, so I'm an accountant. Uh, so basically, during the day I work with spreadsheets, uh, right, and then okay. at night I go home and I work with more spreadsheets. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's it's something I've been able to use to kind of manipulate the data and to kind of mm-hmm. sort it and filter it. So. The kind of the day job in some ways it kind of does kind of cross over a little bit with you know the stats and, and being able to kind of interpret them and you know to, to kind of take large amounts of information and maybe turn it into some just kind of key interesting points. And in recent years, the club, well, me especially, but the club has been leaning on you for certain things. I know if I need to know anything, I'll be I'll be <laughs> flicking you a message. Tell us a bit about the um the the role of honour. And the concourse, yeah, and so how you're involved with that. Yes, yeah, so the, the kind of club got in touch uh, and just asked about basically trying to get a complete list of all the players. Um, you know, the, the club's history, obviously, as a professional entity, kicks off around you know 1996. So it's not actually that far. So it's it's possible to kind of go back and, and to get most of that information. Um, so the, there were some stats available. Um, You've got Pro 14, you've got EPR, EPCR, who have data on European matches and Pro 14 matches. But going back a little bit further, 
you had things like the Welsh Scottish League, you had Inter-District Championship, um, where the information wasn't quite so readily available. So I was able to go away and basically just create the biggest spreadsheet I think I've ever created. So it's mm -hmm. now got effectively all 577 matches that Glasgow played so far in their history. Um, with all the players, all the scorers, we kind of confirmed you know, who actually played for the club and who was maybe only an unused sub. Mm -hmm. So it meant we could then create basically a definitive list to say, you know, this is the 304 now players that have played for Glasgow Warriors as a professional entity, which I think something, you know, is something for the, the club to be proud of and I think mm -hmm. it's something for the players to be proud of and you can kind of look back and see this is the club's history, you know, these are the guys who kind of built this, you know, and, and even now where we're standing, the club's, you know, you know, light years from where it was when we started off, but you know, those guys who started out, they were still part of the foundations, they still kind of built the basis for you know, where the club's kind of come to, you know, 20 something years later. And do you feel personally when you see, for example, we wouldn't have known it was Johnny Gray's century the other day had we not been in touch with you and had we not gone through all those appearance stats? Does that personally, does that give you a little some warmth when you see all that stuff going out and Johnny getting the admiration that he did? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's it's, it's just nice to. I think having these milestones and think being able to kind of celebrate mm -hmm. these with the players, I think it's good for the club, it's good for the players, it's good for the fans. So, you know, if I can contribute just to making sure we've got all the information so we can, you know, the club can do that, then yeah, that's great. Mentioned Johnny Gray there. He had some weekend just gone. Um, you've put together some information on this on this Leinster game. Lots been made of the tackles. What can you what can you tell us about about that game? Well, I mean, I think it's the games are. Is just a freak, you know. I think that you know, there's Glasgow certainly in the last. You know, I've got stats going back to 2012. There's nothing, you know, nothing like this in, in the kind of club's history, you know, for the last sort of eight years or so. Um, in terms of you know players putting in even 20 plus tackle mm -hmm. game performances, it only happened 18 times, you know, in the last 200 and something games. Sorry, um, so in the last 200 games, only 18 players had made 20 or more tackles. Yeah. Uh, so it's only happened 18 times and of course uh, a lot of those were Johnny Gray Right, he, he's done it 8 times um, and then there was another kind of 9 players who, who managed to do it once you know, in across that time um, and then all of a sudden on Saturday we had 8 players <laughs> making game. more than 20 tackles you know, which is just you know, it's a ridiculous level of work for the guys to get through I mean, I'm sure there have been some sore bodies after the weekend mm -hmm. um, but essentially if, you know, if we take from the point from 2012 the top five complete tackles performances now come from that Leinster game. You know, they basically they've smashed all the records for Glasgow. So since twenty twelve, yeah. our top five tackle tackle stats are all in that one game. All in that one game, which I mean, it's just. I feel it, a bit bad for Matt Ferguson here with his thirty three tackles and yeah. no, no one's <laughs> not getting a look in because Johnny's gone and made ten more. Yeah, because he he, he kind of made even more. Um, but yeah, I mean Matt. So the, the previous record for a Glasgow player in a single match was twenty six tackles. So you know Matt's bypassed that by a long way. Um, I mean even you know Fraser Brown had you know twenty eight didn't miss a single one. Um, Adam Marsh made twenty six tackles. He was only on the pitch for sixty minutes. Mm -hmm. You know so I mean if Ashy had played you know that that last you know eighteen minutes or so, you wonder what his tackle count would have been. You know it was just it was it was absolutely extraordinary performance. I'm not expecting you to have this stat, but this is just something that impressed me. That everyone's talking about Johnny Gray's forty three, saying oh that's a tackle every two minutes when actually. The ball in play time will have been much less than eighty minutes. Yep. Also, we'll have been attacking for some of that time. I know they had the majority of the possession, but yeah. it was sixty-five thirty-five. So actually, 
Johnny was probably going more than, more than a tackle a minute, I'd imagine. Oh yeah, I think definitely. I mean, he, he like he wasn't playing typically during fifty percent. I think it was probably higher in that game because there wasn't you know there was not many scrums. You know, wasn't there was less kicking than usual, so maybe a bit higher. But you know, even still. Yeah, he's 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 been I think definitely more than a tackle a minute. You know, you just think of the effort to kinda of get mm-hmm. up and down, up and down and keep, you know, hitting. And these guys were absolutely powering through the Leinster guys, so yeah, it was uh, some performance. And winning at the RDS is actually where Top of the Moon came from, is it not? It is, yeah. So I think it was actually so working back we've worked out actually the two thousand eleven game was the first time Glasgow had ever won in Dublin. Um and that was the day that Nick Campbell uh, scored the the first try in that game. Uh, and he was interviewed, I think, in the airport on the way back from Dublin. Interviewed, I think it was when STV were showing highlights. Um, and I think he'd probably never had a camera in his face in his life before. So maybe got a little bit mixed up when he was thinking, you know, was he on top of the world or was he over the moon? He was on top of the moon. So uh, it just, it honestly, it stuck with me. You know, as soon as he said it, it just, it's, it stuck with me. You know, and it was a, it was a happy weekend because they'd just been Leinster. You know, so mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a good day. Um, and it kind of stuck with me since then, so um, I'm glad to be able to kind of celebrate it now. You've got some more numbers on Johnny, especially from this weekend, but also his career in in general. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it, maybe it's because it's it's been when I've started picking up stats. You know, Johnny's tackle numbers has always been something that I've been quite interested in because you know he just he so rarely misses a tackle. So um, I mean, for Glasgow now, he's made one thousand two hundred and sixty nine tackles. Uh, and he's only missed 25 in his entire career. You know, <laughs> you've got madness. there's guys who would miss 25 in a season, probably more than 25 mm-hmm. in a season, and you know that's 25 in, in his entire career, which is just it's kind of crazy stuff. Um, and it actually just one other thing about the, the kind of the Leinster game. It was actually Johnny's fifth time he's played at the RDS, mm-hmm. um, and he's never missed a tackle at the RDS. So he's made 116 out of 116 across those five games. So. Seems to like playing playing against like playing in yeah, Dublin. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, we don't have to go back to Dublin. We, if we beat Edinburgh um, in the final game of the season, there's going to be ten thousand people at Scotland for that. But if we beat Edinburgh there, we will secure ourselves a home semi final. When just talk about you personally, do you as a supporter, how are you feeling about games like that at the minute? Because it's been a while since feels like a lifetime since we've beaten them. Yeah, I think Edinburgh games have been tough the last the last. Oh, it's actually it even predates Richard Cockrell coming in. There's just been Edinburgh have had a little run where they've really been able to get themselves up to these games. Mm-hmm. I think their style of play, they're really powerful in the pack, and I think their style of play, they've been able to shut us down a little bit and impose themselves on the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I mean, they've won eight out of the last ten now. Um, so, you know, which is, um, I think, probably out of the Pro 14 teams, that's the kind of the worst run that Glasgow are on against yeah. any of the opposition. Um, but that actually comes you know, straight after a streak of games where Edinburgh only won one out of twelve. Right, so okay. these they seem to be like these little so runs. So it's going to swing back in our way soon. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know, if we could get a wee run of kind of ten or ten or twelve games for Glasgow coming up, that would be quite nice. Has that always? Saturday. I'm pretty new to the club. This is only my third season. How long have you been a season ticket holder? And have, has that always been the case with games against Edinburgh? Yeah, I mean, I've been a season ticket holder since 2006. Probably started watching games regularly 2004. Um, and to be honest. Games against Edinburgh have always been a little bit of attrition, a little bit of a battle. I think the guys know each other so well. Mm-hmm. You know, they've played age grade rugby together against each other. They're in Scotland camp, so even in kind of when Glasgow were, were winning the games, they were still pretty kind of tight, testy affairs. Um, and I think that's just the nature of the competition between the two clubs. 
Um, so it'd be nice. I'm hoping, I think, looking at the permutations, when Edinburgh do come here, if they're going to get even you know, a chance of a, a qualifying for the playoffs or even potentially qualifying for the, the Champions Cup, they're probably going to need a bonus point win themselves against Glasgow. Right. So they're going to have to come and look to score tries. I think Glasgow are looking to score tries. So that'll open up the game yeah, a bit more. I think it, is, it could be an entertaining game, you know, a bit more than maybe the last few. So tell us a bit more about this Edinburgh game. What are the permutations? What do we need and what are they playing for? Yeah. So I think from Glasgow's point of view, I think we have to expect that Munster are going to take maximum points from the last game against Connor. Connor are I think probably rest players they are going to have a playoff match the following week mm -hmm. so that's going to be their priority so I think we need to expect Munster are going to take five points which sets the target for Glasgow at a minimum of three points so that's a, a bonus point draw which is a pretty unusual result or a win essentially any mm -hmm. kind of win for Glasgow will mean they top the pool and get the home semi-final so that has to be the target uh, for Edinburgh they probably need a bonus point win now um, to, to give themselves you know, an outside chance of a playoff spot or even potentially to get into the Champions Cup qualifier. Mm -hmm. um, they've got Scarlets, who are probably going to take a bonus point win from Dragons, and they've got Benetton against Zebra. Now, Benetton have won their last six out of seven against Zebra. They need, they know if they get a bonus point win, that's it, done and dusted. They're in the playoffs for the first time. So I think Benetton are going to be absolutely firing for that game. They'll be up for that, for sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, so but, like I say, Edinburgh's outside chance they've got to get that bonus point win so they need to kind of come and attack us if they want to, to try and take anything out of the, the, the season in the, the Pro 14. And what other little nuggets have you got from history of uh, us playing Edinburgh? Um, so yeah, so like I said, I talked about the kind of the, the recent streaks. We're actually, this will be the, we've played 33 times now in the you know, Celtic League or Pro 14 um, and it's actually dead level at the moment. So uh, Glasgow won 16, Edinburgh won 16, there's been one draw. So this 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 is kind of this will put you know someone, someone someone in the lead for that. Um, like see the streaks they've had. Um, Glasgow, like I talked about, you know these have been quite kind of tight affairs. Um, Glasgow have actually only managed one try bonus point against Edinburgh in the last ten years, which is less than they've managed against anyone else in the Pro 14. You know even Leinster, Munster, mm -hmm. managed more bonus points than that. So it's always been difficult to score tries against Edinburgh, you know, because I think probably they know our guys so well and we know their guys so well. Mm -hmm. um, we've got uh, a couple of uh, potential um, kind of big moments. Um, Rob Harley, if he plays uh, in this game, he'll equal Al Kellogg's record of 16 games against Edinburgh. So that's the most any Glasgow player's ever played against Edinburgh. Um, he seems to have all the other appearance records. Yeah, so so might as well have this yeah, one. Might as well <laughs> kind of chuck that one on top. Um, but yeah, I think that the, the key is the expectation is it doesn't really matter what the kind of form is going into this game against Edinburgh. It's always difficult. You know, they always kind of raise their game for this, and they will be tough. You know, for the last game of the season. Before we look ahead, I want to go back <coughs> to something we were speaking about before we started recording. It was one of your tweets about the length of the game and all the tackle stats were very impressive. There was something else in terms of the team we put out that that really struck you. Yes, I mean we, we it was basically it was a very much a, a domestic team. You know, we had twenty two out of the twenty three guys were Scottish qualified. Nico was the only non Scottish qualified player in that lineup. And he's one of us now anyway. Yeah, so. he's you know, I think he's he's he belongs, you know, he belongs to Glasgow now anyway. Um and then seventeen out of the twenty three had come through the Scottish Rugby Academy at some stage, which I think is testament to the, the kind of the pathway that's in place now. Um I mean, I think we all get excited about new signings, and you know, everyone's keen to see you know new players come in, high-profile players come in. But really, the foundation of the success the club have had has been 
you know, young players, academy players, guys we've developed, you know, these little nuggets who've had a little bit of talent mm-hmm. that we've maybe taken and we've, you know, allowed them to flourish. You know, you think of someone like Tommy Seymour uh, for that respect, but, you know, the, the kind of core of the squad are guys who've come through, you know, age grade, come through Scottish Rugby Academy and, you know, who basically are kind of Glasgow through and through. Yeah. So it was another <coughs> bonus point at the RDS. That takes it to, am I right in saying, 14th of the season? Yeah, 14th for the season. So that's that's our record as it stands. The, the previous record was 12, um, which was ourselves last season. And then Leinster, the season before that, had managed 12 bonus points. Um, and like I say, Glasgow potentially have this opportunity to make that you know, 15 for the season, which, mm-hmm. would be, which would be nice. But, you know, I, under Dave Rainey, I think we're now, if we, if we throw in Europe, um, it's 31 bonus points in 52 regular season matches, um, which I think is pretty impressive and I think it shows the kind of attacking mm-hmm. power that's in this team. So what else can you tell us about us playing under Dave Rennie? Yeah, so just recently they scored the 200th try uh, of the, the Dave Rennie era, so I mean, that's only two seasons now. Um, scored 100 tries in both seasons, which is the first time the club's ever managed that in their history. Um, averaging 3.7 tries a game, uh, and that's at least one try a game higher than any other coach has managed in their time at Glasgow. Uh, he's got the best winning percentage of any Glasgow coach as things stand. Um, so yeah, I think we just—it'd be nice to kind of top this off with you know, a bit of silverware would be good um, and get it to that Pro 14 final. Someone who likes playing under Dave Rennie is George Horn. He's been flying the last two seasons. Yeah, no, I mean George is is amazing. Uh, his try scoring record. I mean, I've, again, I put out tweets quite regularly about George, and I don't want to kind of bore people with it, but it's, it's, the, the numbers are just phenomenal. You mm. know, they're just they're, they're like so far ahead. You know out of the ordinary it's similar to kind of Johnny's tackle stats it's just it's just not normal you know, I, just, I don't know how he does it um, so he's the top top try scorer you know in the Dave Rennie year he scored 20 tries uh, sorry 21 tries after the weekend um, and he also he's key to you know setting up other people he's got 17 assists so that means you know 200 tries or 202 tries in the Dave Rennie era 38 of them George Horn has either scored or made the last pass for you know he's just when it comes to you know that kind of end of the game, he's just he's always there, always always there, um, and I think he, he averages a try involvement every kind of forty four minutes. So you know essentially, if George is on the pitch, you know a try is getting scored somewhere. You know, and he's got the best. So it's, he's better than a try every other game. Yep. Um, so yeah, he's got the best strike rate of anyone in Glasgow Warriors history. You know, and you're talking about guys who've been you know playing the, traditionally it's wingers who get mm-hmm. you know these great strike rates. You know, guys like DTA, Tommy Seymour. Um, I mean, George has come in here and he's he's kind of reinventing the way the, the Glasgow scrum halves are playing the game, um, mm-hmm. and it's uh, yeah, it's it's certainly helping to to kind of uh, you know boost these bonus points and boost the tries we're scoring. And finally, he enjoys playing with playing with his brother. You've got a nice little stat about them two here. Yeah, so th- at the moment, I'm, I'm I've been keeping track of this for a little while, so that this is you know they're kind of closing in now on the the kind of combined appearances record, which is held by the Bullocks as things stand. Um, and they're also starting to close in on the Lamonts who have the, the kind of current combined brothers try scoring record. So uh, I'll be keeping keeping a close eye on that one. Um, like I see the Fagersons interestingly scored both scored on Saturday. I'm not quite sure they're ever going to challenge the, the try scoring records, <laughs> but um, nice to see them both get on the scoreboard. Yeah, Xander scored in back to back games. He's, yeah, he's on a streak. Yeah, so I think if he can make it three in a row, that'd be something special. Uh, for that. Kevin, thanks so much for your time. Uh, just finally let everyone know where they can find you and anyone who's interested in any of this stuff you're putting stuff up nearly every day now it's 
It's what I depend on to do my <laughs> job. So where can everyone where can everyone find you? Yeah, so on Twitter uh, it's at Top of the Moon GW. Um, it's it's similar on Instagram. The Instagram is uh, a lot quieter though. Like say at the moment it's mainly Twitter. Um, the blog itself is is on Top of the Moon. Um, do match preview, you know, for every Glasgow game uh, and every Scotland game. Um, and then, like I say, there'll be kind of pieces coming up there regularly. Just depends, you know, when something kind of takes my fancy in terms of, you know, stats or you know any kind of special events. That and if you're at Scotstoun for the Edinburgh game a week on Saturday, if you're one of the ten thousand, then make sure you pick up a match day program because you always contribute a page to that with where you can find much more about Glasgow v Edinburgh. Kevin, thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers. Jack and Ashy with the weekly Glasgow Warriors podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Warriors Weekly. As Kevin said there, if we beat Edinburgh, we are guaranteed to finish top of Conference A, and you can still buy tickets to that game now at glasgowarriors.org. The ultimate goal is, of course, to take part in a home Guinness Pro 14 final at Celtic Park. So if you've been inspired by Kevin's numbers and have a good feeling about this season, you can buy your tickets in advance now for that game at scottishrugby.org. Glasgow Warriors, official podcast with Jack and Ashy.